Roadshow episode number 209. Yes, what's up? 209. We're in California. We're not in Stockton, though. We're in Temecula, California. John Morgan here for Bellator 219, Awad versus Gertz. Cold Coffee is not here. And I'll tell you what else is not here. My voice, man. I am sick. I've been coughing. It's been going crazy. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll battle through this anyway. But all that said, we got something that's better. We got frosty beverages. And not just any frosty beverages. We got quality frosty beverages, courtesy of Latchkey Brewing. How you doing, my man? I am doing well. Thank you so much, and it's always a pleasure to be on with you, too. My boy Anthony's bringing it hard. Uh, let's just set the scene. By the way, you showed up with product in hand, and I appreciate that. You made the drive up from San Diego, where Latchkey is located. Precisely. What's the address? You know what? We're at West Washington. Okay. And you know what? It's going to make me sad, but i got to look up the numbers right now. <laughs> That's what I was pulling up. But so but I can tell you this, to, to move on quickly while I sadly pull myself out of that slumber, <laughs> segue into what we're drinking right now. Yes, what are we drinking here? We're drinking a fresh, hazy double IPA by the name of May the Juice Be With You. I dig it, man. I dig it. You uh, you showed up with product in hand. I don't mean a little bit of product. I'm talking about a, uh, a roadshow-ready level of product, and I appreciate that. But not only that, you came here with the big steins as well, the... The branded latchkey steins. These are this is quality stuff, man. You come prepared. You know, you have to make sure you have high technique and the things you're passionate about and what you do. And you know me, I don't fuck around. That's we can, right. We, we we can put it easy ways. We can come to uh, to the old MMA road show and we can come with plastic cups and do it half ass. You could you could? Or, or we can show up with nine thirty-two ounce crowlers of That's different high quality beer. And proper glassware for the roadshow. That's what's up, man. You do it right. Well, you and I have become good friends over a shared love of frosty beverages and MMA. And, uh, I mean, just to let people know, you, you make this beer, which I think is awesome, man. I mean, the, the fact that you craft this from nothing. You create this out of thin air with hard labor, my friend. Well done, dude. It's good stuff. I appreciate it, man. And it's it's for me. I've, <clears throat> I've been lucky enough to have the co-founders of the company – Put that kind of confidence in me, in me. You know, coming from the pedigree I have from Ballast Point and Green Flash and other high-level, very successful, larger production breweries, it basically gave them the confidence to go, Anthony, the recipes are yours. Go ahead and kind of be the chef of the brewery, and you can figure out what you want to do. As long as it's good, we're not going to hold you back. So right. we're going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary, actually, coming up next month, April 13th. If anyone's in town in San Diego, it's not going to be a ticketed event. It's completely free to the public. We're going to be celebrating. We're going to have definitely some games going on. We're going to have a one-year anniversary T-shirt, nice. some special glassware, and we're going to do some special beer releases as well as some on-site food vendors and some cool stuff as well. So if you're in the San Diego area, make it. Make oh, it happen. Oh, and actually now I'm also a professional. I have the address, too. <laughs> Just so, a minor detail. How do you get to work every day? Dude, I'm telling you, I just basically close my eyes and I'm there 45 minutes later. What a fucking commute. So, again, check us out, guys. We're uh, at the historic Mission Brewery Plaza building. Anyone in the area or familiar will know it's the big old brick building right behind the airport, right, right off of the 5. Our address is 1795 Hancock Street, and that's San Diego, California. We're open every single day. 
We open Monday through Wednesday from 3 p.m. to 8. We are Thursday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. And Friday and Saturday, we are noon to 9 p.m. That's professional. It's just off the top of your head. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely didn't just have to look at my phone to do any of that. (laughs) Trust me, guys. The beer's great. I'm terrible at addresses. So great. So great. All right. uh, We'll we'll get into MMA shortly. But uh, all right, because I love this stuff. I know you can't give away the recipe exactly, right? But we're drinking this May the Juice be with you. Explain to me what goes in there, how, how you made this. Give us a little a little look behind the scenes. What do you have to do to, to make something like this? Okay. And actually, John, I'm, I'm kind of an open book. I'll give the recipe to whoever wants it. So if really? anybody's interested out there, if you're, if you're a home brewer or even a professional brewer and you're looking to get any kind of help or if you've had my stuff and you want some notes and ideas of what I'm doing in the beers, hit me up. Instagram, John gave out next last time, which is anthony.m.beach. Yep. Or you can contact me through the Latchkey website. My email is on there. Or you can come into the brewery and I'll be there. And you'll give away the recipe. Definitely, definitely. We're, we, we're open to that stuff. We're not, I'm not proprietary because the way I look at it is once somebody puts something out in the world, that's, that's for you to learn from. It's not like I reinvented wow. the wheel and figured this out myself. It's, it's similar to MMA, what we love. Wow. It's, it's not like these guys are learning a spinning fucking sidekick and no one else gets to learn it because... That's true. Like it's, it's kind of what you do. A, a, a rising tide brings up all boats. Yeah. But, but, but for this recipe, it's, it's pretty simple. It's a, it's a double hazy IPA. Hazy IPAs for anybody out there that loves them. They're different from a regular West Coast IPA because they're a little bit softer, a little bit juicier, and a lot lower ABV. Mm-hmm. Or not ABV, I'm sorry, bitterness. They're mm-hmm. a lot lower in bitterness value. And usually the hoppiness is very aromatic and flavorful. So this beer is supported by a pretty simple grain bill. That's why it's very light colored. Right. Even though it looks very hazy, that's more from the yeast and what it does with the malt bill. Right. So the malt bill itself is mainly two-row, which is a base malt. It also has some some uh, raw white wheat, which is great for head retention and a good little flavor malt to give a little bit something else to the party. Right. Its main player that gives it and helps with haziness is a high protein, which is rolled oats. It's it's basically exactly what's in uh, what am oh, I man. thinking? Um, well, like oh, oatmeal? breakfast cereal. Oh, breakfast cereal. Okay. But but like the mush one. What am I thinking? Oh. Cream of wheat? Cream of wheat. Cream like, of wheat? Or if you have the little packets, the yeah, little yeah, packets, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about. So so basically, it's a, it's a high protein that allows for a little bit of biotransformation to happen, and it allows for the yeast to bind to some hop, hop molecules, and it basically makes the beer hazy. It got kind of high-level beer dorky right there. That's dropping knowledge, yeah, bro. Yeah, but basically know that it has a very simple malt bill. It's very, very hoppy, and the hops are distributed in a way in the boil process where it maximizes hop flavor and hop aroma. And then that's further intensified by a very big dry hop. Bro, so we're adding hops in the kettle, and we're throwing a bunch of hops in the fermenter. Straight up beer black belt, bro. I know, and I just I, I try not to stand on the soapbox too long. Cause I love Because e- c- even after I said all that, I just thought about so many people's eyes glazing over <laughs> if they're not interested in beer. But just know it's 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 good, interesting. It's very yeast and hop driven. I is, dig is it, man. What the Dude, hazy beer you, is. You you hooked me up with a wide selection before, and we got a wide selection tonight, man. But literally everything you've made has been fantastic. So Anthony.m.beach on Instagram, you'll. You'll share. Yeah, please. Check, check me out there. And again, check us out too. Latchkey Brewing on Instagram as well. The same thing on Facebook. Come by. Check us out. We are open books. And we're usually there to say hello and have a beer with you as well. We like to drink too. That's what's up, man. I'll tell you what. I think the drinking is helping me right now. I've been sick all this week. 
and my I, I've been coughing a whole lot. Um, and, and I'm not coughing right now, and I think, hey, it's the, it's the moisture of the frosty beverage, but probably also the little alcohol content hel- helping a brother relax a little bit, you know what I mean? But I've been coughing. It's been tough because I'm really self-conscious about being sick around fighters, man. I mean, A, I mean, maybe I won't pass it on to them, but I'm, I'm sure they're probably scared, you know what I mean? Like, the, everything's got to be physically and mentally right on that uh, on that night. You know, I know Cub Swanson, I think, has talked before about, like, a coughing baby being around him on fight week and he and it, he was pretty sure that it got him sick and he was sick going into a fight and, and so I worry about that so all week long I've been trying to I've been half losing my voice I've been half coughing and and I've been like worried you know that I'm gonna cough germs all over oh, these people and make God. sick so it's been tough but uh fortunately I think the frosty beverages are helping out right now so we'll talk about Bellator in a little bit but I guess the big news of the week Conor McGregor retiring I mean that's what everybody is going on about um you know again I know you're not a, an MMA professional, but certainly an MMA hardcore. And, and I, and I, I want to ask your perspective because, you know, you and I will have two different looks at things, but I, I know that you're always willing to, to, to chat on a high level, man, because you're living this stuff just like we are. Um, are, are you buying it? Because I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm happy for the dude. And speaking of the alcohol business, he's doing very well with Proper 12. And um, good for him. He definitely... Uh, you know, the, the investigation that, you know, we've all been hearing about behind the scenes finally became public via the New York Times of all places, man. They, so he's got a lot to deal with and a lot going on. But um, I don't know, from a, from a hardcore fan's perspective, are you buying it? Because I, I, I don't know, like, I feel like at least from, from the industry perspective, everybody, like, we wrote about it. But I think everybody knows, like, man. Eh. Yeah, it's to me, and actually, when, when I read it, I wasn't surprised, especially kind of not not in the wake because I think the news about the supposed whatever happened in Ireland came out directly after. Right. A part of me thought it might have been because of that, and he knew there might have been some heat going on. But then I went on to read. Um, I think it was his management company might have posted a response. Yeah. Where in their official response for Connor, it actually illicitly said, talking about like, hey, once they the UFC values what they have and pays, like, right. I, I read it as some people maybe hardcore in the industry would see it as like, it, to me, it could be very much a negotiation tactic because we've known yep. he's been throwing love kisses or, or, or fight wishes to a bunch of winners recently, whether it's like weird Every backhanded concerts. Whatever, whatever like, whoever wins, in. Whatever whoever wins. Hey, you look great. You could fight me. Like he did it to Cowboy first and everybody got excited where Connor, I think he, he's in an interesting space because I followed him since the get-go. I saw him a little bit before he came to the UFC at Cage Warriors. Because right. I, I, especially back then, it was slower. You would watch a lot more <laughs> MMA because there was less to see, you know? Yeah. So I saw him, his whole rise. And his whole rise, he went, for, for in my eyes, from like the most impressive thing you would see based on his mental aptitude, his weird understanding of MMA and how it was going to be and mm-hmm. how he made it before mm-hmm. it happened, and his outright just confidence. And it wasn't cockiness at that time. But then... I don't, I don't want to say he's become the caricature of himself yet, but he's bordering on that because I, I feel like he's, he, he's had so much success <clears throat> lately, not success in what brought, what's brought him to the dance, yep. but so much financial success that I feel like it's ran away a little bit. The, the guy used to I'm be a samurai of, I'm, sword. I'm, I'm tired of the circus, I'll be honest. I'm not saying I'm tired of him as a fighter. Like, he, he's brilliant, and I'd love to see him. You know, I, I think he'll always struggle against Habib Nurmagomedov. We knew that was going to be a difficult stylistic matchup, but it shows the type of courage and type of self-belief that he has, that he wanted that fight. You know, I know people made fun of Dana when he told me that 
Connor wanted Habib in Russia, but I was told that was absolutely like 100% true. I mean, I Connor wanted it. to go I to believe Russia. It. That's I believe it. it man. He, he's not scared of it. He's, he's not, not. I just think I just think maybe a little bit of his ego and hubris has kind of ran away I in agree. certain ways with them where the the guy who he is is he not very intellectually gifted? Is he not a hell of a fighter and a hell of a businessman? All those boxes are checked. Absolutely. Years ago what I remember from Connor is when Ronda was at the top of her game, still in the UFC, doing her extracurricular outside activities, and he flat out said, like, I've been approached, like, I'm about fighting right now. Right. The only way you stay the top dog Boy, is you stay, a, you stay about it. Boy, that's and, a great point. And the point. moment you start leaving the one that brought you to the dance and going to extra, even, even if you're great at, like, totally he, he went and made quote, so man. much that's money. That's a brilliant quote. But, but it's stuff like that where, I love I love the sport because you get to see the real drama that happens between two humans. But I love the psychological and individual study of, of seeing the people go from who they were at certain point to gaining success and what they become. He's a great successful guy, but he seems to be having a lot of issues outside of what actually made him famous yep. and what made him great. Where I feel like he's just he's doing too many things other than just buckling down and going. What do you want to do, man? If you want to be the rich playboy, keep doing that, man, and give respect and stay out of the fight game. Yeah. But keep it classy either way because he seems to be having that all-too-familiar slide of like, dude, you're, 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 you're fucking up. No, you're not fucking up your money because right. you're going to be rich oh, as, long as, you, as long as you kill that. Yeah. Like, but you are, you're corroding that legend that you were of the guy that called everything, everything went well, you had a couple losses, you bounced back like a stud. Yeah. You then you that. then went on and made all the money you could. You came and you fought the toughest guy, even though people said you may not have wanted that. You you you, you got beat, you got bested, you looked you didn't look terrible in that loss. But now he's sunken back. It's it's almost similar to to, to Nate, his other favorite nemesis, where like there's certain people where I wanna see you put it in and Good come and fight, too, baby. Like, like stop, like, stop like, tweeting and Instagramming and whatever. Like, just, just go fight, man. Yeah, they've they've gone on opposite directions, but the same direction and the same thing. Where you so see it, that that was the thing. Like the whole the phone incident in Miami. Like by itself. I mean, it's not. Of course, like, dude, you shouldn't be smashing anybody's phone. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's just dumb and it's wrong. But it's not like, oh my god, he killed somebody. You know what oh. I mean? It's just whatever. He smashed the phone. It's not that big a deal. So in itself, it's not a big deal, but just as a pattern of behavior, as a troubling sign of like, is this dude getting back anytime soon? So I, I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm tired of the circus. I, I do, in my heart, believe, and I've talked to some people at the, at the UFC that feel the same way, you know, off record, behind the scenes, but, they, you know, a lot of people feel like he's going to fight again, and, I, and I, I think he will. I think the, the, the key to watch is going to be what he does with USADA. You know, if he gets out of the testing pool with USADA, okay, now we start taking it real serious. He might be serious. Now it might be serious. And look, he doesn't have to fight again. You said it, man. He's made the richest, dude. He's got the money. He doesn't have to fight again. You know, he, he's already banked a ton of money, and, you know, it seems like the whiskey company is doing real well. I just I saw the other day that uh, he tweeted that, like, it's in Buffalo Wild Wings, and people are like, ah, whatever. Dude, Buffalo Wild Wings, can you imagine the contract? Like, if your beer got a contract with Buffalo Wild Wings, yeah. I mean, it's one of the nation's leading retailers of alcohol. Like, that's a lot of product. You that's know what I mean? That's a lot of guaranteed movement. That's a you're, lot you're of guaranteed right movement. That. That's a yeah. huge contract. You know, so the dude's doing well. I, like I said, the thing to watch is going to be USADA. The good thing is, I guess, that from the UFC perspective, even if he's not officially retired, but he tells you he's retired, you don't have to keep offering fights, which I think is good because it just seems like, 
a headache. You know, they always talk about like the Diaz brothers. You know, they offer them fights and they turn them down. They offer them fights because they're contractually obligated to do so. Sure, so sure. at least we don't have to speculate or whatever. But I I want to see the Diaz brothers fight again. I want to see Connor fight again. But man, yeah. I can only I can only write the stories about what they post on Instagram for so long <laughs> before I'm like, dude, you got to pay me back with like actually getting in the cage and doing something. Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of it's came it's become that now. It seems like you know, like. The talking shit to get noticed was a big thing, and for a while, I, I still love a good true a true uh, beef, yeah, a, 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 a true grudge match yeah. is still the best thing to me as a fight fan. Yep. But it seemed like we 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 kind of hit a fever pitch at some point in time where everyone was doing it. People, some people were doing it very hokily. Right. Some people still are doing it that way, right. and it's just quite god awful. But it's working for some people yeah. that are doing these things. But are you talking about Colby Covington. Ah, I don't want to. I don't want to say it because I'm a. I'm, I'm a guy who never. I'm a guy who never wants to hate. But it's like there's just some things that are clearly shticks. You know what it's I mean? So and funny. other people that are properly like. It's like, so like, funny like how he irritates people, man. He but Colby bugs people, and it's such a shtick, you know. And I don't. But it is funny, right? Because if everybody was doing Colby, just like if everybody was doing Chael back in the day, oh god, you're like, yeah. dude, I can't take 500 Chael Sonnens on the roster. Like I only need one. <laughs> but when there's that one guy, I don't know. I enjoy it a little bit. Like it's just so dorky, cheesy. But it's him. Well, dude, I'll I'll say I'll say this. For me, it's my love of old school WWF and what they call mm. now WWE. Is everyone loves the heel, loves to hate the heel. Exactly. Even even if the heel comes off kind of manufactured. Like to some people, they have no idea. To other people, they see it as like. I see what you're doing here. I love you for it because you're. I'm going to want to see you fight. Right. It, it doesn't matter if I'm invested in you winning or losing. If I want to see you get your ass let's, kicked, that's let's okay. Let's see this. Yeah, and if I just want I – mean, I respect what he does in there. It's just for certain people, there's just there's just non-lower hanging fruit out there to grab that could yep. be a little bit more. But, again, ter- to the original point, I feel like now it's getting to be less of about talking shit. Like right. now it seems like even the fighters are going – there's there's your beefs that are real and people engage in some fucking verbal warfare right. and some mental for- warfare, but then you have everyone else who's just it's either respect yeah. or it's kind of competitive talking. I feel shit. like we're getting some pushback, man. I feel like we're getting more fighters that are like, I mean, the last one from last week that I was thinking of was Cheeto Vera. It was like in his post fight, he was like, "I'm not going to talk trash. That's not who I am. This sport's about respect." I do feel like we're getting a little bit of pushback, which I'm I'm happy to see because look. I'm like you. I like. I mean, the beef is fun, man. When it's real, it adds something to it. You know, when people don't like each other, like we already love the sport, and it's you know, it's a it's physical confrontation. And when it turns out that the two people don't like each other, that makes even it better. even more. Yeah, it makes <laughs> it even more. But the fake stuff is ridiculous. And when it's too much, when everybody has to talk trash, you know, uh, you got Pedro Munoz who's like, dude, I'm not gonna trash talk. You know, him and Cody Garbrandt. They had you fun. know, they were they like, hey, you, you, you're handsome and you're a good dresser, you know. And then they went out and they threw down, and it was it was no less exciting, you know. And Cody Cheeto Vera last week was like, listen, man, I'm not gonna talk trash. So that's just I'm not gonna get involved in that because I think Nathaniel Wood had called him out, and he's like, I'll fight him if I have to, but I'm not gonna like some call out talk trash. And I dig that, man. Like I do like that we're getting a little bit of pushback. Not that there can't ever be trash talk. But the sport is about respect, man. The sure. sport is about like there is those those old school martial arts values in them. You know what I mean? And and uh, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be like, oh, this trash talk. We should never have it. It makes the sport awful. No, it makes it fun. <laughs> but not for everybody to do it, especially not to do it fake. So anyway, all right. Well, listen. Uh, I started coughing and wheezing bad. So let's do that. Uh, let's let's. Uh, I, I had an opportunity earlier this week before I came out here to Temecula to go to the UFC Performance Institute. 
<coughs> excuse me, where Macy Barber uh, is in town. So immediately after her fight, she's back in Vegas. She's at the Performance Institute. She's continuing uh, her nutrition program, her study there, um, and 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 training there, and, and and speaking with the staff there, and doing all these things. I mean, this kid is all in. She's 20 years old, dude, and her life is literally all about fighting, all about being the youngest UFC champion ever. Um, and I had a chance to sit down and talk with her at the uh, the UFC Performance Institute. Uh, so here's that. Well, here we are. I mean, days after your fight, yeah. you're already back here at the PI in Las Vegas. I mean, uh, give me an idea of what's going on. Don't you, don't you take time off? Don't you want a vacation? This is my vacation. This is my time off. Uh, I scheduled this before I even had the fight lined up, you know, or before I even had the fight week. Uh, I knew that I was going to come out to the PI because I mean, this facility is amazing for recovery, for uh, nutrition, and just to, you know, get your body back on track for, for more success. You've had a couple days to, to marinate on the win. It was such an interesting fight, right? Because you, you, your perfect record stays intact, but you got tested early. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are, 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 are trying to figure out, what did, what did we learn about Macy Barber in this fight? Now that you've had a couple days to think about it, how do you feel about the fight? What, what, what lessons do you feel like you learned? I feel like we learned a lot. You know, I feel like we learned a lot about my heart and, and about the fact that I can take a punch and, and come back from that. Uh, I, I'm happy with the performance, you know, it's good to be tested and it's good to have those kind of things because without those, you wouldn't know where you need to grow more. And so I feel like we learned a lot of, okay, we need to grow in this area, we need to grow in this area, and uh, we, could, we could fix this a little bit more and evolve more here, so I'm happy with this fight. Yeah. It's funny because I think a lot of people praised your maturity and the fact that you were able to instantly analyze yourself after the fight as to, hey, here's what's, here's what went wrong, here's what we mm -hmm. need to fix. I mean, are those tendencies maybe that you knew going in were something that you needed to change, or are you really able to analyze that quickly over, this is what happened? No, I was really able to analyze that quickly. I mean, I do that to myself even in sparring rounds. You know, like after sparring, even if I win one every round, um, I'll look at the coach on me, Coach Mark, you know, I need to fix that. Like, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. And so the fact that I was able to do that in the fight is just like how I do it in the rounds. You know, we, I always find things I need to evolve on. And I'm always critiquing myself during the fight, during, and it's not not negative criticism either. It's, it's just recognition. Um, but, yeah, I felt good. Can you think back to that first round and tell us, you know, kind of mentally what was going through? Because from the outside looking in, I think we were all like, oh my gosh, you know, we're, as, you're, as you're facing that yeah. test, you know, as you're facing that adversity, do you remember what was going through your head? I feel like in a way it could have been, you know, people could have been like, oh wow, it really was all hype. And it was, you know, they're like, oh, Macy Barber's going to get finished. But honestly, through my head, it was, it, I, there was no negative emotions. It was just, you know, continue doing what you're doing. Um, and it's not over until the 15 minutes is up, and I'm not going to quit. There's, there's no part of me that's ever going to quit. Um, and so, so in that first round, I know that I wasn't, I wasn't starting as fast or as, as like good as I wanted to, but I didn't, I wasn't negative about that either. I just, it was again a recognition of, okay, this is not, this is not the pace that we want to go at. And so part of that was how do we figure out what's, what is the cause behind the slow, the slow reactions and the, the slow start. And I think what it was was the stance that I was in. I was in a southpaw stance. And as comfortable as I had felt all through camp in that stance, you know, it just wasn't connecting the fight. And, and so the second round we came out and we had switched that. You know, I started to be in the orthodox stance. And that was way more smooth and it was way 
way better of reaction and it just felt more comfortable in, in terms of the fight because um, all through camp I was fighting southpaw versus southpaw like that was our training southpaw 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 and in the camp as well I would even switch my orthodox stance against the southpaw and I just didn't feel it you know but for whatever reason her maybe it was like the way that she was standing or the way I was standing but me being a orthodox against her her southpaw stance just seemed to seem to connect a little bit better and it was like the mental click. It's interesting because that, that can happen, right? But I it think can, the yeah. concern was physically because there was so much talk about your body coming in, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the caloric intake and how that had changed and moving to this new right. weight class. So were there any physical concerns? I mean, physically, how did you feel on fight night? Physically, I felt amazing. Um, and I give a lot of the credit to the nutrition that I've had leading up to the fight through Clint Wattenberg here at the UFC Performance Institute. and. The fact that you know we were bumping up my calories, bumping up my calories, trying to get me to perform better, and and worrying less about the weight and more about performance, and you know that's something that's going to be continued to work on uh, for for as long as we need to until you know all the way up until the next fight, and then the fight after that, and just trying to continue to make that better. And physically, I felt fantastic. You know, even after the cut, my last fight, um, the rehydration, like because of the, how bad the cut was and how, how severe of a deficit I was in. Um, I wasn't even like hungry or thirsty for quite some time. And this cut, you know, as soon as I started to rehydrate, I felt like a whole, a whole new person. Um, and, and it's just been huge. Do you think it's safe to say you're a flyweight moving forward or is strong? Yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm a flyweight for, for sure for the next three or four fights. Um, one, I, I possess the power. And, and I can feel the physical difference. Um, and then two is just that's, that's what needs to happen for my metabolism and for my body as, as a healthy human. And then you say after three, so you think after three or four fights, then a cut to 115 might be possible? Or are we talking Potentially, about going up further? Uh, no. Potentially back down to 115. It just all depends on, on what Clint and, and these guys here decide and what my team decides. And, and again, how my body responds. Because at 20 years old, you're not, you're, you're not fully mature in terms of uh, muscle growth, bone density. Um, so we'll see, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. But there's a, so there's, it's interesting though, just think about the science. So there's the thought that three or four fights, enough time, your body recovers to where then it is possible to make a cut at that point to 150, right. that's kind of the logic? In a way, yes, because if, if your metabolism is, is burning, right? So let's say my metabolism was at 600 calories. Well, if we can get my metabolism to be burning, 16 to 2300 calories when you go back to a deficit then your body responds to that deficit and can drop the weight but if you're trying to put yourself in a deficit when you only burn 600 calories you can't burn anymore so losing weight is way harder so if we can bump it up and then pull it back down again the science behind that that's how that would work interesting all mm -hmm. right well let's talk about the plan then for, for the time being i know you're kind of aiming for hopefully a summer uh, summer return international fight week um, Gotta stay active. I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, are there, are, I mean, are you, are you at the point, and you're so young in your career, were you at the point where you're calling out names, where you're, you know, saying that, hey, this is who I want to fight, or is it more just, you know, you, you take what the company gives you? Um, I think, I, I think taking what the company gives me is, is the way to go for the most part, because, you know, they're not, they're not trying to give, give a fight that doesn't make sense, you know, so uh, working with them is going to be the best option. Um, again, talking with the team, talking with coaches, and uh, and figuring out as a as a whole together is is the way to go. But summer for sure. Uh, I'm healthy, and 
the the best way to stay in people's faces is to stay consistent. You mentioned like during that first round that you know all people are saying is it all hype. I, I wonder what this is like for you because you get it right. The spotlight is on you, and that's it great is. as a yeah. fighter. That's what you want. But as a twenty-year-old kid, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's it's got to be tough to have all this attention in. Let's be honest. All, there's haters, right? Anytime there's a spotlight on you, there's haters that say you are hype. It's not real. You don't deserve it. I mean, what is that like for you, just as a person, not necessarily as a fighter, to to have all this attention so early in your career? Um, I think the attention's good. Uh, I did an interview recently about like the haters, uh, and and it really, the way I the way I put it out really made sense to me and I kind of, again, when I do interviews, I feel like I'm kind of mentally giving out, like going through my own stuff. So it helps me as much as it helps you guys. But um, in terms of the haters, you know, I feel like people who hate on social media have nothing better to do than to give hate. And it's, you know, I, the fact that they're sitting there watching us be successful and, and wishing bad things to happen to good people or, or hoping that someone they can see someone fail is like, I've never once looked at a person and been like, wow, I really hope that you have an unsuccessful life. Like, what kind of person are you, you know? And, and the fact that you need to waste your time and you have 500 followers and, and you're giving, um, giving a hard time to someone who's just trying to benefit their life and have success, I mean, there's, there's really no response. And, and honestly, the way I look at it and the way I know a lot of athletes look at it is that's our entertainment. You'll never know that we're laughing at what you're saying, but it's our entertainment and it's a waste of your time, so. Were you surprised, I, I, you know, when you, you, you made this statement, hey, I'm gonna be bigger than Khan, I'm gonna be bigger than, you know, Rhonda. And I think, mm -hmm. to be honest, when I hear that, I think, what a great attitude. I mean, I, I gotta shoot for the very top. I mean, if I'm in this, why, why would I be in this to do anything exactly, less than yeah. number one? So were you surprised that people came back like, oh my God, I can't believe she's saying this. Yeah, I mean, that's what people are gonna do. You know, some people are gonna like it, some people are gonna disagree. And that's their opinion and, and honestly, that's that's my goal, you know. If, if, if I'm not shooting for the moon, and then what, what am I doing? You know, you're always gonna have to shoot and aim high and, and, and Go where you go. A lot of people have obviously told the story of your phone with the countdown clock, and it's yep. awesome. It's great motivation. It's there every day. Is it ever considered like potentially bad for you? You know, I mean, there's you can't. I mean, it's such a narrow window, right? You're not talking about a, a whole career. You're talking about a little bit of timing. Does it ever like you ever get like anxious looking at that? Like, oh my God, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm slipping behind. You know, I'm not, I I can't accept failure. That sort of thing. No, because I know that I'm doing everything I can to reach that goal. You know, if I was. If I was taking time off and I was like, oh, I just did this fire, I need to take six months break. If I, was, if I wasn't doing everything I possibly can to reach that goal, then maybe that would start to feel like a lot more pressure. But because I know that, you know, I came out to the Performance Institute right after my fight. You know, I'm out here trying to get the best recovery, the best nutrition, the best, the best of everything that I can get to make, make that goal happen and, and to reach that. Um, I feel like it's not, it's not something that I can feel pressured for. You know, if you're doing everything you can, for something and you fall short, then you fall short, you know, and that's nothing to, to be like, oh man, I fell short, I'm upset about that. I set a high goal because I know that I, I have the uh, ability to be able to do that, but, and I'm gonna do everything I can to reach that, right? But whether I get there or not, I'm not gonna ever be able to say, man, I didn't try, you know? So that's how I feel about that goal. And, and the only thing that that, seeing that on my phone every single day is, is excitement and motivation and to continue on doing that.
right, that was the future Macy Barber. Um, man, at 20 years old, I, I love her maturity. I, I love the way she talks. I love her uh, just how, how how real she is about what she wants to to, to attempt. And you know, Anthony, it's, that fight it was it was tough. You know, I saw a lot of people look at that fight. Uh, you know, her last fight a lot of different ways. You know, she got tested early against JJ Aldridge, no question about it. JJ was getting the best of it. Um, I thought JJ was fighting the perfect fight, man. You could tell she was dedicated to her game plan. She knew exactly what, and she stuck to it. Um, but Macy made adjustments, as she talked about. You know, she she went back to an orthodox stance, and and that seemed to to find some rhythm there. But it's interesting because now this is on a much different scale, so I don't want anybody to, to blow me out of the water for this comparison. But like when John Jones beat Alexander Gustafson, and I saw a lot of people say, "Oh man, boy, what a terrible fight that was for John Jones." Boy, oh. didn't it show all the holes and the weaknesses had? And it was funny because that night I remember thinking the exact opposite: that man. When it's not your night, when it's when it's not clicking for you, and and, and you're losing, and, and and the chips are down, and and you can dig deep, and you can adjust, and you can find a way to pull out a victory, that to me is not something that you criticize. That to me is something that you praise, and you say, man, the fact that you found a solution to this riddle on the fly, the fact that you're able to make adjustments, that to me is is great. Now again, I'm not trying to compare it to John Jones, but you know, hey, she. She wants to beat John Jones's record, but I, I just I, I like that, and so I, I saw a lot of people coming out criticizing her after that, and I mean people criticize everybody. I guess haters are gonna hate, but sure. and, and she's somebody that's in the spotlight. She's got the the Dana push, the UFC push, so you know that's gonna make her the the, the center of criticism, I guess. But I, I thought that was a good performance, dude. I, I agree completely, <laughs> and, and as someone who's just viewing it from the sidelines and just a big fan of it. She has not only kind of the intellect and what you want on the mic and the interpersonal communication skills mm-hmm. that jumps off of the screen at you. Yep. She has the confidence. She has the body type for a division now that she moved up. I agree. You know, a weight think, class to yep. do that. It's I'm what I'm curious for her is who she's gonna get to fight next. Mm-hmm. I don't she's she's high level. I don't necessarily wanna see her against the bullet in the next year or anything because I as, agree. Like if she's as, got two years to beat the record Take a year and 11 months. You know what I mean? Like, sli- like, get yourself right there. She, she's in that one division other than 135 where – or 145 because it's the same champ. But, like, right. you have two women who are highly dominant, the highest level technicians, the car – like, the, the bullet's high level. Macy Barber, though, looked phenomenal. Yeah. To, to your point – It's like Horiguchi getting rushed into the title shot with Demetrius Johnson. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Like – Horiguchi, look at what he's done outside of the UFC. Like, I'd love to have him back, man. I'd love I, – I, well, I mean, if the division was sticking around. But, I mean, Horiguchi is awesome. And I think Horiguchi is the kind of guy that could beat Demetrius Johnson. It's just he got he got rushed in. Sure. Just just too quick for it. And, and for Macy, again, like you called out, she kind of showed that she can bounce from back from di- uh, fucking ad- adversity. Mm-hmm. God, if I could talk. She, she, she got dropped quickly. Bounced up quickly and was still getting ready to get back into uh, JJ's face. Yep. JJ, from her southpaw stance, was lighting her up a little bit with the lead hand. That was the mm-hmm. one thing where quickly, like you said, she figured it out and showed great in-cage fight IQ by changing her stance, switching it up, and not getting tagged as yep. much. And then she was able to do her damage in the second round and get it done. So overall, from the fans' perspective, fucking stars all high. Yep. I'm I'm interested to see her climb, but to, again, I don't want to I don't want to see her rushed into it. I like agree. you said, I don't want to see the Horiguchi. She's young. Even though she wants to right. do it, give her her time. Give her an, another good few matchups, let her build her steam, but give her her time to develop. I agree. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Bellator card uh, here at Pachanga Resort Casino, which by the way, 
fantastic uh, resort here, man. I, I really do recommend if you've, if you've never been out here. It's a cool property, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I would never be out here if it weren't for a Bellator event. But, man, like, it's a nice property. they got great food here, man. The hotel rooms are nice. Um, the, 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 the venue's cool. The only seat's about, I think, like 1,800, 2,000. Small venue, but it gets packed. It has a great atmosphere. It's always sold out. Um, so it's, it's a really cool place to see fights, Temecula, California. Uh, the main event, Sada Wad versus Brandon Gertz. Um, you know, listen, it's not a title contender, that t- sort of thing, but Awad is, is from here, so he's the hometown guy, man. He's going to have huge support. He's excited to be in the main event in his backyard. Interestingly enough, he's never lost here in this venue, which is pretty cool. You know, it's, he's, he's got a, a streak here. And then Brandon Gertz, a banger as well. I think they're really I, – I mean, I think it's going to be a fun fight. I don't think it means a whole lot in division, but I think it's going to be a fun fight. But – um, the fight that I'm really um, looking forward to is Shane Crutchin versus Daniel Strauss, the co-main event. Both guys, man, are are dealing. You know, you talk about the psychology and all those things. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's you know they're fighting at lightweight. Um, Strauss, of course, the former featherweight champion, but Strauss had this you know horrific motorcycle accident where like he was like paralyzed briefly and told he might never walk again. You That's know, right. and now and now here he is fighting again, and I think he's kind of admitted like. Look, I do still have some neck issues, but I'm going to repair them after my career because if I fuse the discs now, like it could, you know, I, it could endanger me fighting or whatever. He thought his career was over. You know, talked to him this week, and he mentioned that he came out to Las Vegas to see a specialist uh, that was like a neck specialist, one of the most respected in the country. He really expected fully for that guy because he had gotten some negative uh, things already where they were like, dude, you can't fight, you can't fight. And this guy was like, no, you can. Here's, here's what we got to do. And then you can repair it later. So I mean, it, it just—he thought his career was over, and now he's back. And as he said, man, like he came from a hard upbringing. He's like, I ain't, I ain't got no backup set of skills on the table. You know what I mean? Like this is what I do to make a living, and I got, you know, I got a kid and I got family. Like so, I mean, this redemption for him is crazy. And and you know, and I asked him like, dude, just being here, like, isn't it a win already? And he's like. No, it's not enough, man. Like, yeah, of course I'm proud to be back, but like, I want my title back, dude. Like, I want, like, I want that. So that's incredible. And then Shane, Shane is a war veteran who already dealt with PTSD um, earlier in, in his in his life, his career. In fact, it was mixed martial arts that helped him get through that PTSD, right? But he admitted that you know after the loss to Aaron Pico, you know he got blasted to the body, and sure. um, that he went through a, a deep dark depression, man, and and like had issues like his fiance and him split up for a while now they're back together but like i mean just went through the ringer so this is like two guys that have dealt with man just adversity at the highest level you know like not just career stuff not just fighting stuff but like life stuff you know what i mean like high level life stuff so i'm so intrigued by this fight and it sucks because you know one guy either way is going to have an incredible redemption story like they're gonna have an incredible emotional moment you know that's i mean the reason we love the sport the highest the highs the lowest the lows meanwhile the other guy is going to have to you know make sure that the result doesn't send them down some some dark spiral man you know like i man a couple weeks ago like ben rothwell the type of emotion he was having and then he got you know oh, lost yeah. in the controversial decision and i mean i mean i remember the time thinking like please god let the ufc like book him again quickly like keep his head right and i think this is one of those moments man so you know fights are fights and that's what we love them but the it's the people involved too man and i and, and i think so I, i'm incredibly intrigued by this andre Korshkov versus mike jasper is cool like mm-hmm. mike jasper is this kid that well he's not a kid he's 35 years old but i'm 41 so i can call him a kid i guess but <laughs> 
you know, he's making his debut. He came in on three weeks' notice um, and making his debut, uh, stepping in on basically short notice to replace Lorenz Larkin. Uh, and, and he's kind of saying, listen, uh, I'm not just happy to be here. This is not a win-win situation. Like, nah, you know, I, I've been building to this moment all my life, and now I'm here. Now I'm, now I'm ready to shock the world. And uh, So I, I like moments like that. But he's going against the former champion, mm. Horishkov, through the tough challenge there. And then it opens up with Joe Schilling, who an incredible kickboxer who is fun to watch. You know, he's, can't he's stop crazy. Can't stop can't crazy. Can't stop crazy. I got to say it, being from the Bay, can't I'm stop crazy. You, man, I love a, me some Joe Schilling. He's a great dude. And now, you know, he's saying, like, dude, I'm fully dedicated to this now. Before I was, like, half in the kickboxing world, half in the MMA world. I wasn't really – taking it seriously if I'm being honest you know I was kind of thinking well dude I'm a badass kickboxer and I don't want to go to wrestling practice you know I don't want to have to deal with that and now he's saying he's taking it taking it serious so you know if you if you just look at this collection of names on paper I could see you going eh, I don't know if I'm fired up for this one or not but um I I, I actually do think that um this main card has some some interesting stuff that you know those type of stories that, that I'm I'm anxious to see tomorrow night I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this. Me me just glancing at and seeing the main event's gonna be fireworks either uh, way. Definitely. Side of Wad's well rounded. Yep. The last time I saw him fight in person was again at Pachanga. <laughs> he had a great performance against the lovely Ryan Couture. Yep. Great fighter, yep. hell of a guy. Brandon Gritz either finishes somebody in the first or second, or he might get finished, or he might lose a uh, unanimous. So like that one, I see. Someone's probably going to get KO'd in it, which is going to be fun, or someone could win a win a, win a nice decision. Right. Strauss, to your point, having that horrific accident and coming yeah. back, that's a big thing. That's gonna that's gonna mess with your mental. But that guy was one of the most impressive Bellator fighters mm-hmm. outside of guys like Michael Chandler, and and Patrick and the and, and the Pitbull brothers yeah. and some of these people. So to see him come back. Against somebody like Shane, who's he's a hell of a fighter. Mm-hmm. I actually got to meet Shane when I was training a little bit at uh, 10th Planet oh, in Oceanside. Yeah, yeah. So he's a 10th Planet he's a good guy. Dude, man. I got to talk to him. He's he's such a nice guy down to earth. I'm rooting for him. He actually moved out to the lab, by the way. So he's, I mean, the MMA oh, lab in Arizona. He? So I mean, nice, phenomenal camp there. So, so he's mixing it up a little That's bit. That's the whole more, thing. He, he had to like reinvent himself. He's like, dude, I had to get away from some of the things. You know, again, he went through this depression. He's like, dude, I had to change some things. So yeah, former 10th Planet guy. I mean, he still has love for them. It's not oh, like it was a of course. Not like it was a bad split. He was just like. Dude, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta refresh my mind. But dude, the that MMA lab. Man. I mean, I've said it before, but John Crouch and that team out there, man. Wizards, yeah, wizards. Phenomenal. Well, it's it's something like, and even Shane, like, can't say anything specific. But when I met him at 10th Planet before he went to fight uh, Pico mm-hmm. and had the unfortunate loss, he was dealing with some health issues. Even when I saw him at the gym, where we were moving some stuff, and he couldn't help us pick some things oh, wow. up, you know? So, like... That's not exactly how you want to go into a fight. Yeah, with and, and, and once I heard that, I was, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting in Bellator this week. And you hear he's fighting, I was just like, oh, man. Like, oh. that's that, that's a high stack of it. That's a tall order if you're going in completely healthy. So, that fight's a great fight. Korshkov, yeah. how can you not like Stug. seeing that guy? The guy, Stug. Mike Jasper, that's a tall order. But if you can get in there and get a win over the former champ, you're right in the mix. Yep. Right in the mix. And then, like I said, Joe Schilling, come on. Fun. Come on. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be watching the whole card for sure, the I, main. But I'm gonna be checking out the whole thing. I dig it. You know some uh, some things to look work. You know to look for on the prelims. Uh, by the way, by the way, the the postlims. There's only two, maybe three, depending on uh, how how schedule goes. Prelims, just because of the way the time started, they can't start too early because the casino 
doesn't want people starting fights at like three in the afternoon. They want to make sure like people have time to get here. So you're only going to get two fights, maybe three on the prelims. Dalton Rosta, um, I haven't seen the guy fight, but I can tell you that people are really high on him. Undefeated amateur, uh, and the dude looks like an absolute stud. Just seeing him in person, like absolutely cut up, ripped. Where is he um, from? Where is he fight out of? I, I, th- I think out of the south somewhere. I'm not sure, to be okay. honest with you. But I just okay. know he's an undefeated amateur that people are really high on. I saw him just sizing him up for the first time. He looks like the, the guy to keep an eye on. And I think the fact that they put him on the prelims, Tells you that they're high on him too, because it's the lead into the fight, you know. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, the other one is Joey Davis, man. Joey Davis, another one of those guys out of the body shop. Um, you know, he had a decision last time I that he was pretty disappointed about, but he said that he he, he lost. It was funny because he won thirty to twenty six across the board, but he basically like, criticized himself for it afterwards. I mean, this kid, he was a Division two wrestler in NCAA, but he was one hundred and thirty three and zero in his collegiate career. Holy shit! I know. I, I think he's the real deal, dude. So Joey Davis, worth watching. Um, and then there's a ton of post limbs afterwards. Uh, a lot of locals, as you would expect. I mean, the local ticket sellers are, are big. Uh, but you do have a featherweight fight with Janae Harding versus Maria Mokinskina. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you nailed it. But, uh, sure. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> but she she's – I mean, Marina's legit. She's a Sambo stylist. Uh, she fought in Russia, and she won, like, a bunch of Russian and European championships. Janae Harding from Australia. Um, she has a, kind of a 500 record, but she lost to, like, Jessica Rose Clark, Arlene. She, she's fought legit contenders okay. already in the career. Okay. AJ Matthews versus David Rickles, they're gonna bang. That's gonna be fun. There's, it's gonna be takedown or KO. Yeah, What's it, it gonna be? They're gonna ta- be ta- takedown or KO. I think KO. I think KO. And yeah. then uh, and then bunch of the great Sean bunches in there. Those are all in the post limbs as well. So anyway, uh, Bellator card. I think it, uh, again at first glance you might go, eh, but I'm telling you, I I think it'll be I think it'll be worth a glance. Plus, there's nothing next week, by the way. So you might as well load up on your MMA oh, now. Shit. The schedule's empty next week. Enjoy uh, yourself. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, listen. My voice is starting to fade. I can feel it again. So, And, and plus, we need to refill these frosty yes, beverages. Yes, we do. Uh, so uh, another interview I did earlier this week, uh, I got a chance to speak with Artem Loboff. He's doing uh, bare-knuckle boxing. Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, just any chance I get to talk to Artem, I, I love the guy, man. I get why people criticize him and whatever, but – Dude, anytime he speaks, he fires me up, man, and I just love to hear him talk. So, uh, yeah, I don't, e- I don't even know if we're going to cover the bare knuckle event. Maybe we will because there's nothing going on next week. Oh, so, we have come on, come yeah. on. It's, it's what oh. is Polly fighting? No, Polly's not no, fighting this uh, week. It's, no, it's no, coming no. down. Okay, yeah, yeah. but come on, if Choo Choo motherfucker is fighting, how come can you not? On. How that's can you not man. cover that? Jason Knight, dude, Hick Diaz. I love Jason Knight. That's, I mean, that's his opponent. That's quick. I think. Chris Lieben's on the card. I wait, think wait, Sherman's they're fighting? The yes, that's the main event. I'm going to watch that. I'm telling you. I think I'm curious. I, I don't know if we're going to cover it, but I just as a person, like, I'll, yeah. I'll pay personally, dude. You honestly, know what I mean? honestly, I'll text you that night to see how it's going. That's what's up. All right, uh, so here we're going to refill these beautiful latchkey brewing frosty beverages. In the meantime, uh, check out Artem Lobov. Bye now. Hello. Artem. What's up, John? Not much, Good to hear you. Yeah, how you doing, brother? Very good, very good. Thank you. No worries, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, man. Not at all, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I love doing interviews with you. Ah, thank you, brother. Let's get into it, man. I mean, talk about the decision to to leave the UFC, Artem. I mean, asking for your release, man. I, I, you know, a big move in your career, a bold move to make that not many people have done. Was it, was it tough for you to do, man? Was it a difficult decision for you to reach? Uh, not really. You know, the thing is, I had a lot of offers on the table. You know, I wasn't just kind of going into the wilderness where I asked for my release and then I don't know where I will go. I already had a lot of offers on the table and some very, very good offers. And I thought, well, let me actually 
put it out there and see what else comes back. Because if I have these offers already and I haven't even, you know, let people know that I'm available, then then what is what is out there? You know, if I am a free agent and I manage to actually uh, pay, place these offers against each other and see what comes out. And I did just that. Uh, and it's it's been great. It's been a great decision for me. Of course, USC is a great spot. It's a great uh, organization. It was incredible to be part of the UFC. And certainly, one of the main reasons why I'm able to get such a good contract now is due to the fact that I was a UFC fighter, and they have given me a big platform to big to build my uh, my profile. But but at the end of the day, in UFC, if you're not at the top top, uh, then then. Uh, for, my, for me personally, for example, there was other places elsewhere where the money was a lot better. And for a prize fighter, to me, that's how you measure your success, by how big your purses are. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, is it hard for you to get to that mindset? Because like you said, I mean, the UFC is the dominant brand, right? So like every fighter has this dream of being in the UFC. But at the end of the day, if you can make a bigger check somewhere else, you know, you owe that to yourself. You owe that to your family. I know you have a growing family as well. So, I mean, you owe it to yourself to get the biggest check. But is it, a, is it difficult to get to that mindset to realize that, yes, the UFC is amazing, but if I can make a bigger check somewhere else, I should probably do that? Um, yeah, it is and it isn't. You know, to be honest with me, at the start of my career, you know, I always heard all these fighters always speak how they want to face the best and they want to be the best fighter in the world and they want to fight only the best guys out there and this and that. And I took that at face value. I did just that. At every single turn in my career, I fought the best available to me. Anytime I was offered two or three guys at the same time, I always picked the hardest. If there was nobody there offered that, that seemed good, I would rather not fight and then wait for a big hard fight that, that I could take. Uh, but nobody has actually done that. So to me now, leaving the UFC, I, I, I feel I feel good leaving the UFC because I've done that already. I've done all the hard work and I did it when there was no money. I did it Actually, I was probably one of the very, very few people that done it uh, at that stage of my career. You know, everybody looks to kind of find their easy way and put their record, and they only speak those words. I want to fight the best, but I done it, uh, and I done it free. So now, you know, I build my profile up, and the time came for me to earn, to earn money, to cash in on everything I've done in my life. So here I am now. Fantastic, man. All right, so why? Bare knuckle, man. Why did that? Why is that the one that won out? Was it just the biggest paycheck on the table, or is it something about the sport, about the you know the the, the chance to do that, that that appealed to you? What 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 was it that landed you there? Well, to be honest, it was a mixture of things. I mean, uh, it's no secret that I really wanted to try myself at boxing for a very long time. Back back in the day, about four or five years ago, I actually met with the commission already here in Ireland, and I was due to get my. Uh, my boxing license. I literally had everything done, all the tests, all the medicals, absolutely everything. I had everything done and I was ready to go pro as a boxer. But when I met them, they said, look, if you go pro now, you cannot compete in MMA. And I, back then, you know, it was a deal breaker for me because how was I going to just walk away from MMA? So I didn't end up doing it. But that, that want to try boxing you know, has always been with me. And and if you look at my fights, why wouldn't I want that? Look at my last fight with uh, with Michael Johnson. I made him wrestle. But both of you make this guy wrestle. He knocked out Dustin Poirier, but I made a wrestler out of him. He didn't want to stand with me. He, he felt the power in the second round. I landed some clean shots, and he thought, right, no, none of this shit. I'm taking this guy down, and I want to play with him on the ground. So why wouldn't I want to go to boxing? I've never been knocked out. I'm taking head kicks and still walking through them. You know, it's no secret that my hands have always had a lot of power. I'm knocking guys out. 
So boxing seems like a very logical uh, step for me. So uh, that was one of the reasons. But of course, money is a huge reason. Uh, like any, like why is the UFC so big? Because they invested a lot of money into, into the sport back then. Why is Bellator big now? They invest a lot of money. Why was Force so big back then? They invest a lot of money. You have to invest. And Bernacal FC, they're investing right now. They realize this. They're doing the right thing. They have a good product. Bernacal boxing, it, it goes all the way back. Uh, you know, it's, it's as, as raw as it gets. And, and they have the money behind it. And they're investing. So why not? I would like to, you know, have them build this brand and let's see where we can take this. I feel the future is bright. Nice. What is what has training been like for you, Artem? I mean, how much have you had to adjust, you know, your approach to training? And I and I wonder, I mean, is being this new venture like is it is it almost re energized? Like I wonder if it's like more exciting to train knowing you're doing something you haven't done before. Oh, it's been incredible. You know, there's one good thing that, uh, not one, but there's many good things, but one of the things about Iron is that it's full of uh, very, very good boxers. There's literally so many boxers on this. It's only a small island, but there's one boxer on top of, of another, and, and one is better than the other. So I've been just sparring loads. And I always say this, you want to be a good dancer, you have to dance a lot. And if you want to be a good fighter, you have to fight a lot. There is no other way. Like, if you look at any other sport, how do people, how does Michael Phelps get ready for his Olympics? He swims in the fucking pool, you know, every day. 99% of the time he's swimming. But for some reason in fighting, people always come up with all these stupid things to do. They attach a ball to their fucking head and they pound that they, I don't know, they're, they're doing all kinds of fucking weird shit. When the reality is, you should be fighting most of the time. You should be sparring. And they have to be competitive spars. You cannot just be going in and killing guys and then all satisfied with yourself. No. If that's what's happening, you need to change sparring partners. You need to go out there and challenge yourself. And that's exactly what I've done. I've been sparring sometimes as many as three times a week. And all, some of the best guys in Ireland, and, and even these guys are known throughout the world, these guys have done it all. I mean, Stephen Ormond, Kenan Bradley, you know, uh, Victor Abag, uh, Luke, um, Luke Keeler, you know, all these guys, they have won European titles, they fought for world titles, they've had a successful amateur careers. These guys are the best of the best out there, and that's what I've done. I walked into their gym, and I said, look, guys, I'm here to earn the respect. I'm here to do it right. Let's go. Let's go, let's go up and let's spark. And that's exactly what I did, and it's been incredible. That's awesome. Talk about the matchup. I mean, you're paired up with a with a former UFC veteran as well, and I I noticed he hasn't been shy to shy to uh, chirp at you a little bit on social media. But uh, what what do you think about the the fight itself and the matchup? I absolutely love the matchup. You know, I I honestly didn't think that I would ever get my wish to get a fucking grappler wrestler into a boxing match where he can't take me down, he cannot hold me down, he cannot do anything. I mean, look at any of my losses that I've done. Why did I lose? It was always because of wrestling, you know. Never did I lose a fight where it was a stand-up war and I lost a fight. Never. It's always been because of wrestling. So... So now, finally, I get to be on the other side, where he cannot take me down, and all he wants to do is take me down, and I get to box the ears of him. I absolutely cannot wait. I know he's been talking this and that, but this is no, no shit talk. Let's be honest. What the fuck is he going to do with me? Like I said, I walk through head kicks. I, I don't mind getting a few quarters. It's no problem to me, and I've got a lot of power, and I'm going to keep marching forward, and I'm going to put him away. It's night, night, Jason, April 6th. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, talk to me about your goals, Artem. I know that you said one of the things that really appealed to you about this contract as well was the fact that you can kind of 
pursue other opportunities as well and then you know and look at other things on the table so give me an idea like what does this year hold for you what what are the goals for you knowing that you know the, the world is your oyster so to speak absolutely i mean they recently signed uh Pauli Malinaggi, so that was that was a big big signing for me and when i saw i honestly didn't expect that to happen at all i, I thought Pauli was just you know talking shit and you know i knew he would of course in a heartbeat, take a fight with Conor just because of the pay that that would mean, and, and he is desperately needs money now. If he didn't need money, he wouldn't be fucking uh, commentating every week for for a few hundred fucking dollars, you know. So he clearly needs money, and and that's the only reason why he is coming back. So uh, I, I love the fact that you know he is back, uh, and I get to finally put this guy away. He's been talking a lot of shit, and I cannot wait to get my hands on him. Nice. So if you if you if uh, well, I'll say when you win over Jason Knight, you think that's the the next matchup that makes the most sense for you? Absolutely. I mean, why not? I and mean, look at this guy. Look how much this polymer has been talking this and that. And 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 I love when I look at him. I love the shape he is in now. He is fat and lazy. You know, he he's only getting dragged into this because he really needs the money. He could probably make it on the pound for extra pound list right now with his big fat belly of his. But uh, you know, I, I don't mind. I look forward to this one. I look forward to giving him a few digs into that big fat belly and see what comes out. <laughs> you mentioned your buddy Connor uh, overnight, man. He, he announced his retirement. What, what, what were your thoughts on that? Did you see that coming? What, what, what did you think? Think that he's hanging it up? Uh, no, to be honest, I definitely didn't see that coming. I just like everybody else, and I woke up this uh, morning and just saw the news and. Um, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I, I don't really I have nothing to say here, unfortunately. I'm just like everybody else. I saw it online, and, and that's it. Here I am. But, you know, just knowing Conor. Conor is a, is a true fighter, you know. I always say that. I, and that's because I know it, you know. I've seen it with my own eyes. Not many people would remain in the game uh, after they have earned the money that he has earned. Not only not many people, but in fact, I don't think there would be any left. 99.9% of UFC fighters would be gone, and you'd never see them again. But not Conor. He's still, he's still fighting, still here. That's because he truly loves the sport. So, uh, I, I don't know what the deal is there, but uh, we'll see. The time will tell. I'm sure Conor has something great in store for us. Yeah, no question. All right, man. Well, your fight is coming up soon. I mean, people know what to expect from an Artem Lobov fight, but if they're if they're on the fence for some reason, if they're not sure about this bare knuckle thing, if they don't know if they should plop down the money next weekend, what what would you say to them? Why why do people need to tune into this fight? You know, to me, uh, the the way I always see it is when I'm fighting. You know, I I realize that there's people out there that that choose. To, to buy the ticket, to buy the pay-per-view, to watch my fight. There are a million things out there they could be doing. They could be watching football. They could be watching all kinds of things, concerts. They could be doing anything else. But yet, somehow, they chose to spend it on a ticket to my fight or a pay-per-view. So when I know this, I take it that every single fight on that card has been a boring fucking snooze fest, a fucking Ben Askren fight, all of them. So it is up to me now to deliver. It is up to me now to give them their money's worth. And that's exactly what I do. I bring it every damn time. So if you love knockouts, if you love exciting fights, if you love action, and if you want to see what will happen to fat boy Poli Malinaji later on this year, then tune in and watch my fight. <laughs> well said as always, brother. Man, it's great to talk to you, man. You sound good, and uh, I'm excited for you, man. Sounds like good things are on the horizon for you. 100%. I'm excited as well. And honestly to God, you have not seen, you know, you have never seen me fight when I don't have to worry about takedowns, when I don't have to worry about clinch, when it's just boxing. You know, there, there is going to be a lot of uh, talks after after the fight. Trust me, I'm going to surprise a lot of people. 
you know, the world will not be quiet. I will be making my way into the world of boxing. I will be making my way back into MMA, and I will be taking over bare knuckle. Just watch it. I love it, brother. You always get me fired up, man. I appreciate you taking the time, brother, and I look forward to watching the fight. Thank you so much, John. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Back to the Mid-Row Show, that was Artem Lobov. I just don't know how you can talk to that guy and not get fired up, man. Hate on him if you like, but I just love talking to him, dude. I think he's a good dude, man, and I wish him all the success. Sounds like he might do some MMA down the line. And uh, I love what he said, man, that, like, uh, dude, every fight I ever lost is because I was grappling, and now you're telling somebody can't shoot on me? Like, how, how do you think I'm going to do, man? I dig it. I don't, I don't know if I'm sold on this bare-knuckle thing. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I pretty much I feel like I – I mean, obviously I love MMA, but I like combat sports of all kind. I like grappling. Um, and I guess probably I'm really enjoying grappling more right now. Maybe because my son's doing jiu-jitsu. Maybe that's why I'm liking it more. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm really loving grappling these days. Um, but obviously I love the striking as well. I, I don't know that I'm sold on bare knuckle boxing yet, but I, I, I like what they're doing, man. They're making the right moves. Like you said, Polly Malinaji signed on. I mean, that's crazy. Um, this matchup between Loboff and Knight is ridiculous. I mean, I, I feel like they're making good moves. Um, and they have incredible fortune next week on the calendar, man. There's no UFC. There's no Bellator. There's no Invicta. There's no LFA. There's not. There's literally nothing next weekend, and I don't know why that happened. I, I, I'm assuming just sheer coincidence. Maybe the maybe the basketball, uh, the NCAA championship game is next weekend or something because I know, you know sometimes you know they stay away from it. I don't know, I, which would be easy to Google, but I'm not going to because I'm enjoying these frosty beverages yeah. too much. But it, makes it is March. It makes yeah, sense. You can't Maybe be that's wrong. why next weekend was some – I don't know, but – um, it's crazy. I mean, they're wide open, so they might do better. Uh, I guess the other um, the thing to say is because, you know, people that are hardcore fans are probably, you know, Boss Rutten was involved with an organization, a bare-knuckle organization that, like, didn't pay people. And, and, oh, and this, shit. This is not the same organization. So I know that's one kind of PR thing that they've been kind of having to battle that they're not the same because obviously, like, how many, you know, bare-knuckle organizations are out there who would know. But um, I don't know. Just something to note because if you if you read that, you know, piece where there was this bare-knuckle uh, organization that didn't pay anybody. That's not them. Um, all right, let's talk about this UFC event, man. We're not covering it. Mike Bond is out there in uh, Philadelphia, so he's he's handling everything out there, and, and uh, he's got plenty of content from this week that's up. Uh, our, our boy, Cole Coffee has been helping him get all the videos produced and everything. Um, you know, listen, there's some, there's some interesting fights in this card. There's some interesting people on the card. I mean, uh, going all the way down to the early prelims, Mark De La Rosa versus Alex uh, Alex Perez. I like that. Marina Moroz versus Sabino Masso. I love that. If, you've, if you're if you somebody that watches like Access TV, you've seen Sabino Masso make her way up. Marina Moroz has great striking as well. So that's great. Ray Borg. Oh, man, back. of course, dude. Yeah, dude. Ray Borg coming, coming back. Coming back finally. That's great Gotta love Ray. that, man. And uh, fighting Casey Kinney, another uh, LFA product who who, uh, who just won. Uh, he, he won he was a double champ. They were both interim titles, but still, he was a double champ. Uh, Kevin Holland's a fun guy against Joe Mearshart. Kevin Aguilar versus Enrique Mazzola could be a nice scrap. Desmond Green, Ross Pearson, two veterans there that uh, both want to make a statement. Jessica Aguilar, Marina Rodriguez. I like Marina Rodriguez a lot. This could be a, a big uh, a big moment for her against Jessica Aguilar. Shaman Mariah, Sadiq Yusuf. I've always been high on Sadiq Yusuf. Paul Craig. The funniest dude ever because you can't understand him as well. Uh, uh, great beard, too. Great beard. He's great. great. Kennedy and Shekuu, who's from uh, Fortis MMA. Obviously, I love the Dallas products. Carolina Kovacavich versus Michelle Watterson. Great women's fight there as well. Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. Oof. Banger. Oof. David Branch versus Jack Hermanson. I, I I like both those guys. I was surprised that was the co-main event. I, I, the placement was interesting. Like, 
I would think Kovacavich versus Watterson as a co-main, yeah. just just from the from the uh, hype level, you know, the attention level point of view. If even, you were, dude, even even Johnson Emmett. Well, that's what I was gonna say. So depending Johnson on how you want to build the card, if you were doing just name recognition, I think you do Kovacavich versus Watterson. Yep. If you were doing like the building to the crescendo. I think you'd do Emmett Johnson, you know sure. what I mean? Like, so I'm, sure. I'm surprised Branch and Hermanson is, is, is the co-main, but and I don't mean to disrespect those guys. They just seem yeah. like a surprising choice given those other options. So I like all those fights. I like all those fights. But let's be honest. This all comes down to Edson Barbosa versus Justin Gaethje. And, I mean, it Violence. does not take – That's what I was going to say. It does not take a genius or an MMA expert to go, hey, when these two get together, it's going to be absolute insanity. Oh, God. What are you thinking about this one? I, you, you, I mean, I, 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 I don't – I, I'm guessing you're excited. I'm guessing I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I'm going to say understatement on excitement. It's violence, just pure violence, but also what we talked about earlier, non-shit talking. Both two guys are uberly confident in what they do. <clears throat> they both have mission statements. Yep. They, mo- they might be slightly different. They both want to be champs, but they have a different time stamp on when they want to get out. Yep. One guy, people will say he fights a little reckless. Mm-hmm. For me, I love seeing him. That guy's Gagey, the ultimate fucking, the ultimate highlight. Just does not care. And then you have Barbosa, the guy with probably still one of the best knockouts in UFC history ever. The Terry Adam kick. Oh is just God, nasty. just just yep. puts him to sleep before he goes to bed. But again, one of the cleanest strikers. Where if you give him <clears throat> any room to operate, he's gonna put on a fucking clinic. Yep. Shout out to Sad. Dan Hooker for that last oh one where, my God. my God, this this is going to be a Love fight Dan where. Love Dan Hooker, man. That dude just put up with too much. Like, you, you, you want, you're just like, dude, just quit, man. Just just quit. Please, stop. I'm going to say this. He needs to change his name from the hangman to the zombie. That's, hey, Korean zombie, zombie can have the Korean <laughs> zombie, <laughs> but <laughs> the hooker is the zombie hooker now. <laughs> because that was impressive just by toughness. But I'll say this. Gagey Barbosa, Gagey loves again. Put up his tight guard every once in a while above his face, and he loves to throw leg kicks. Yep. So this is going to be a thing where I'm pretty sure Edson Barbosa is okay with matching him with leg kicks yep. and going, oh, you want to kick legs? Yep. The question is, to me, is Gagey going to be able to apply that forward pressure that Barbosa every once in a while has problems and issues with? It's a, I mean, dude, there's no question. It's a coin flip fight. Like the, As skilled and talented and as great as strikers as these guys are, of course, you can see ways that either guy wins. I mean, you can't say, oh, dude, if anybody comes to me and says, I know 100% how this fight is going to play out. Like, you're crazy, dude. I know you're a man not to be trusted. No. So I, I think this can go either way. But I will say my staff pick, I ended up siding with Edson Barbosa. And it's crazy because Justin Gagey is literally one of my favorite fighters on the planet, man. I mean, just the excitement level that he brings, man. The, the, the sheer just... Uh, lack of care basically for his own well-being dude like he is going to put on a show man and uh i I mean starting with his world series of fighting days man i remember talking to him then where he where he just always had to add to where he's like listen man i am going to be the guy to watch he's like and 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 you go man come on man you know you can't fight a long career like this he's like yeah, I know I can't fight a long career like this. I don't intend to fight a long career like this. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to be as incredibly exciting as possible, and I'm going to cash checks. And he's getting paid in the UFC. He's collecting bonuses, man. And he is that guy, man. He is so fun to watch, man. Like, you can't miss his fights. But Edson Barbosa, as you said, I mean, Gaethje's leg kicks, nasty. But Barbosa, 
I mean, maybe the best ever, you know, at, at leg kicks in the UFC. I mean, who, who else? Has, who else? Who else, who else comes to your name? I mean, multiple comes to your head. finishes from leg kicks. You know what I mean? And you know, I I feel like, as you said, I mean, I I feel like he can deal with that forward pressure. I feel like he can counter. I feel like his striking is so sound. His it's so technical and crisp and sharp and powerful. Like yes, if he can be at the kickboxing range. That's where it's ideal because his kicks are nasty. But I feel like, you know, even a little closer range, his, his punching is nasty too. Um, I guess maybe, you know, you'd say, well, Gaethje's wrestling's better. But I think Barbosa is kind of like almost like an Aldo-like guy where, like, his defensive wrestling is is so good. Very good. And you, and you underrate it. You don't realize how good his, you know, his takedown defense is. So I'm leaning towards Barbosa, but I'm telling you right now, if you're like, yeah, Gagey knocks him out in the first round. Like, oh, makes okay, sense. Okay. Well, let, let me ask you this: Do you think Gagey employs any wrestling in this match? Because that's that's been the hot topic I've heard a lot since he's had a couple setbacks yeah. because his style is so crazy. Where he's such a high level guy that has such a pace that he puts yeah. on people. Do you think he shoots? Do you think we see one shot from Gagey out of being wobbled by something or out of just plain game plan? I mean, I think it would be smart. I mean, you know, like, but no. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm the way the to beat, way. you know, we, we said we praised Edson's takedown defense, but it's not like it's infallible. You know what I mean? We've seen him, we've seen him get smothered. You know what I mean? We've seen him get absolutely controlled. Khabib and Kevin Lee have shown like you got to put him on his back foot, yeah. put him up against the cage, wear him down. But I feel, but I feel like those are two of the best at doing that. Is especially, that, and it's, of course, Habib. Habib's on another planet, dude. Oh, you know what I mean? Like. It, it, anybody that thinks they're going to use takedown, def- I, mean, I don't know. Like you just can't. Pr- his takedowns are insane. You know what I mean? His top pressure, his control. It, like once he gets on top of you, like you're not getting up until the bell sounds. Like period. I don't care who you are. That's why I'm with you in the end, where I lean towards Barbosa because Barbosa is the cleaner striker. Mm-hmm. If if you go outright power, legs Barbosa all day. Hands probably Gagey. Yeah. But Gagey has to get into that horrible kicking distance yep. and. That's he needs it. to be able to get into the buzzsaw to get it. If, if if he can actually land that big one like he did against James Vick, I can see that happening. That can happen. I can also see it being a horrible knockout, beautiful dragout war for five rounds. Right. And I could also see Edson Barbosa just catching him with some spinning shit. Absolutely. Like getting his guard up like he likes to just come forward like and just catching him with something disgusting. I'm excited. And I, don't, I, don't, I hope that doesn't happen because – I love both of them. I would love to just see a five the night type war where maybe we get a late finish and it everyone looks great. Yeah. Because these are both two great human beings. Again, non shit talkers yeah. to the point of needing to do it from a fake way, and fucking fighters at the highest level gets just, no better. Like you said, man, you can't ask for more from fighters. Like these are these are fan favorite fighters, man. They're going at it, dude. Like you knew from the beginning, it was gonna be awesome. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Mike Bond is on site in Philadelphia. Um, I will actually fly home early Saturday morning. I'll be helping with coverage, so I uh, won't be there, but we'll definitely be online helping the coverage. By the way, what what, what have we turned to in the uh, Frosty Beverage Department? Because uh, the, 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 the latest that we've gone to is nice. It's good. Beautiful. So we moved right now to uh, a Belgian Trippel. The name of this beer is called A Monkey's Uncle. You heard it right. It's A Monkey's Uncle. It's 9%. It's very simple in a malt bill. It drinks like it's 6%. So anybody out there who wants to come by and drink it, have it, but be careful. It drinks actually higher than it actually tastes. So it it might mess with you. Normally, I feel like beer is this strong. You you taste the strength. You know what I mean? And you're almost like put off by it. You're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. 
this goes down like sneaky smooth, dude. Too smooth. Well, there might be predators out in the world that could use this for a nefarious activity <laughs> if you catch my drift. Watch out. This is phenomenal, man. <laughs> I, I I love this. All right, last keep brewing, man. Doing it upright. All right, listen. Uh, again, my voice is failing me, but the good side of that is I'm sharing with you interviews that haven't even been published anywhere, have not gone out anywhere. A lot of times I'm I'm sharing stuff that I did because you might have missed it. No, 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 no. This is sneak preview type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Had a chance also earlier this week to speak with Alexander Volkanovsky. Big Volkanovsky family. He's got a big fight with Jose Aldo. Um, and I, I, I've just I've loved watching this guy's career, man. He's, he's got a great personality. He's a legitimate fighter, dude. His last fight out was just ridiculous performance. So I uh, had a chance to speak to him ahead of the uh, the ticket on sale for UFC 237 in Rio de Janeiro. And uh, this is the interview I had with Alexander the Great. Yep. Hello. Hey, Alex. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. It's a familiar voice. Uh, yes, sir, brother. It's good to hear from you, man. Let's uh, let's talk about this big fight you got, man. You were you were calling for this fight. I I, I got to ask you, did you know something that we didn't in Australia when you were throwing this out there and saying, boy, I sure would like to fight Jose Aldo? Man, I didn't. I didn't. That's why when I was talking to him, I had no idea. And it wasn't long after we were having a chat when I was doing the media down there that um, I heard that he's a coach and that was throwing my name out there. So I think it was while I was in Melbourne that, that, that you know, his manager and coaches were really throwing my name or something like that. And I just remember being like, oh, well, you know, for them to be throwing my name out there, it must be, you know, they must be talking to UFC. I had never heard nothing about it yet, but I, I knew something must have been up. You know, you don't just start throwing around names like that for no reason. So I was like, oh, they're crazy. And, uh, but then obviously, I don't know if you heard about that date. That was uh, really playing on my mind because I was meant to be best man at a wedding on that day. So I was like, doing whatever I could to change that date. You know, same opponent to change the date if I could, but obviously that's what they wanted and I can't not take that flight. But my mate, my mate way I changed his uh, wedding date for me, so <laughs> pretty crazy. That is awesome, man. Well, give me your thoughts when, when, the, when the fight did come together because, I, I mean, I think you were being humble or whatever, but you were saying, look, I mean, I don't even know if Aldo knows who I am. I mean, it, now you're fighting literally a, a legend of the sport. I mean, when the fight did come together, was it a – was it, you know, a, a bit of an odd feeling, or, or do you feel like, no, I mean, I'm I'm that guy now. This is where I'm supposed to be. Well, you're right, man. I, I, I am. I am like that, definitely. But, yeah, obviously, for, for him to put that fight, you know what I mean? So, you know, he's a legend in the sport. So, like, I was expecting to, to get someone, you know, I called his name out more just to stay relevant, probably. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if I was really expecting that to, to actually happen. Do I think I deserve it? Yeah. You know, I honestly think that, you know, I'm getting close to this title. Now this is not like a tennis fight until like anyone says. Like, I'm not a cocky type, you know that, but I mean, and you beat Aldo in his home country, you know, you're you're, you're the guy, man. You're the, you know what I mean? Like, yep. oh, I've definitely got the, the right claim to it. You know, I'm undefeated in the division, uh, you know what I mean? So one, one more win and then someone, against someone like Aldo, you know, you, you've got to give me that shot. So, you know, look, it's not, you know, from day one, I've always said that, I'm not just happy to be a part of you, so I'm gonna make it the whole way. I've always said that, you know, you know, and now it's just finally starting to starting to happen and people are really starting to realise I'm a real deal. Yeah, no doubt. What was this last week for you like? I mean, this uh, bacterial infection that he was dealing with. Were you reading that news? Were you up on that? Were you worried this thing was gonna fall apart? Yeah, man, I'm always uh, having a look on Twitter, you know, that's where I find out most of the stuff. That's how I find out 
even nowadays, I think, you know, it looks like I'm fine now, though. I didn't even talk to the UFC yet, just from them mentioning my name, you know, things like that. So, you know, Twitter's good for that sort of stuff, you know. Some of it leaks out before the fighters even know themselves. But with, um, with that, yeah, I was, I was aware of that. But I knew that, you know, like I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's, you know, the fucking stats infections, like we've all had them. Mm. Um, I think it just uh, got blown out of proportion. Uh, but we were, we're, obviously, I was like, oh, I hospitalized. Maybe it is worse than I thought. So, you know, they looked into it and it was just, yeah, it's not going to affect preparation. It's still seven weeks to go. So, you know, I mean, I've had staph infections five weeks, maybe. I've just had it. I was on antibiotics, you know, just got rid of it just before the fight, you know what I mean? So, mm. you know, I was never, never, never worried about it affecting his preparation. So, good to hear. Good to go. Good to hear. All right, well, listen, not only fighting Aldo, but doing it in Brazil. I mean, the guy, as you said, a legend of MMA, but in Brazil even more so, man. They absolutely love him. So what are you expecting out of that? I mean, obviously it's going to be a hostile crowd. It's, it's going to be tough. I mean, are you excited about that, about, you know, having these Brazilians yelling that you're going to die and booing you and all that? I mean, are you fired up about it? Does it, <laughs> does it, does it make it more challenging? What, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that whole aspect of it? Man, I'm real good in these sorts of, sort of situations. I probably won't leave the hotel, though. I ain't going to lie. I'll probably just stay indoors the, the whole fight week. <laughs> Won't let anyone, you know, just, it's just, just I'm usually hanging around the hotel anyway. But, yeah, man, they're, you know, they're passionate fans over there. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a legend, you know. I mean, they absolutely love him. So I'm expecting them to go absolutely nuts. But at the same time, that really doesn't. Once I hit the cage, it, it does not phase me. I won't even hear him. They can uh, chant sort of whatever they want. I will not really even hear it at all. Like, it's weird. Like, I, like honestly, the crowds like black out while I'm while I'm uh, fighting. So it's a, it's a good thing for me, I think. That's it. Um, obviously, I'm real composed in there, but yeah, you know, I'm real composed in there. But at the same time, you know, I can hear the the corner and stuff like that. But everything else is just boring. it's weird. But a good thing, especially over there. But where the work will it be? came up? Will he get a Will he get a kick out of you know the things that I'm going to put that pressure on him? He's going to be tired. Will that crowd give him up to to go that one last time? Yeah, maybe. You know, it might help him, but it ain't going to affect me. Yeah, no will doubt. Will it burn him out? Will that adrenaline rush get him going? Will that adrenaline rush get him going? Firing too often, I'm not wearing that even more. Could be good or bad for him, but for me, I, I, I'm going to be going in. I'm going to be being me the whole way, so it's not going to affect me. That's awesome. I guess before this fight happens, you'll know what's going on, but what are your thoughts of, of Holloway going up to lightweight? Are you, uh, I mean, is this bug you a little bit? Are you cool with it? I mean, it'll, like I said, it'll be over by the time your fight, so I guess it might not impact you too much, but maybe the champion's gone. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on Max Holloway leaving the division for, for at least one fight? Well, that's another thing that's so good about Twitter. Like, we've heard about him moving up for so long, about these interims, like, way before they even happen, like, you know, people are throwing him out there, so... You sort of get warmed up to these sort of decisions anyway, because you hear so many people talk about it, even you know Dana himself saying that he's going to be a and things like that. So yeah, man, it's no surprise. We we know how this game works now. Like how many interim fighters are You know, I mean, I'm not throwing shade on on the guys organising that, but I mean it. You know, it's happening a lot, and I'm expecting it to happen to me. If if I go, if the Holloway wins, and he wants to fight Khabib. I ain't waiting around. Get me into him. You're following around ever and get me one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. So. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if but, you I mean get... yeah, again, like, I'm not waiting. Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't, um, I'm not going to wait around. Like, if I'm fine. I, I'm almost certain, mate, I, I get the, the next shot after this fight. You beat uh, 
Uh, in his hometown, you know, I mean, no one's got a better claim. Undefeated in division, taking out legends like that. You know, Frankie would be close to Mexican line, and he's lost twice now, though. He's coming off a loss to uh, Ortega not that long ago. You know what I mean? So anyone that's got a real clear path to that title, you'd think it would be me. If you want you want to type up a fight, it would have to be me. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Holloway. But is he coming down? You know, again, this is this is something that, you know, I think, you know, if he's not sure what he wants to do and he's, or he might have one last crack or, you know, he might have a crack to see where he's at, might be. I'll make a decision for it and we'll move up to my weight up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I was going to – I mean, you said it. Frankie is the only – I mean, I know he's been kind of out there barking a little bit, saying that he thinks he's the he's the next number one contender. So, you know, do you, you feel like if you win here – you've got a better case, and, and maybe, I guess, if, if Holloway does go, do you feel like Edgar would be the guy, if, if they did want to go the interim uh, route, would, that would be the guy you'd face, maybe? Oh, I reckon, yeah, interim, maybe, but, I mean, again, like, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a disrespectful guy, you know, I'm not that cocky father. He's dreaming if he thinks that I'd take out Aldo in his hometown, and then he gets a, a shot in front of me. Like, surely that just does not make sense. Um, I feel bad for him, because I know he did deserve it, you know, especially with, that, with the whole Ortega thing that happened, but, I mean, yeah, man, this, this, this sport can be so unforgiving, man, and unluckily you get the bad end of that stick, but, I mean, do we, you know, do we have faux sympathy out there just so, you know, to let him have a shot? I don't think so. Like, I think, unfortunately, mate, I feel sorry for you, but at the same time, mate, I'm, I'm the guy after after a big win like, like I'm playing in the door. So, you know, again, we have to see what happens. You never know. You never know. Obviously, he's waiting, so he's made that. He's actually... Announced that he's waiting for that title, isn't he? Is that, that's what's happening. Yeah, I think yep. it is. But again, yeah, wait, waiting till and letting me fight Aldo. You know what I mean? Like you're waiting, and then if that happens, you're just going to get it sweeped away in front of you, and you're going to be pretty devastated. I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Well, listen, this is a this is a big fight. You, I mean, you've shown you know some amazing skills already in the UFC. This fight. Do you have to do anything different? I mean, are there tweaks to, to your approach, to your adjustment? I mean, I know every every fight's different, but, I mean, is there something special you have to do because of Aldo or for Aldo, or, or do you just go in there and fight the way you fight? How, how, how does this thing go down? I go out there and I do my thing all the time. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to set my pace, I'm going to fight him. We're going to fight my fight. I'm well-rounded. I will work things out, and I'll, I'll make it happen. But at the same time, obviously... There's things that we need a game plan. But, you know, overall, I'm ready to put the pressure on. There's no, no surprise if he's expecting me to sit back or do something like that. No, I'm putting that pressure on. I'm going to come in hard. going to come in strong. So is he. He's going to wear down, you know what I mean? It's just... But obviously, there's things that I, I've obviously got my... we got our eye on that. We're obviously teaching ourselves good habits. Obviously, there's habits that I need to correct. And that things that he's going to want to want to, you know, capitalize on, you know what I mean? So I'm going to make it a hard fight. We're, we're, we're going to make adjustments, but at the same time, I'm going to be fighting my fight. Fantastic. How is, uh, how's Izzy looking ahead of his fight? Are you, or is he, is he going to be bringing home some gold as well? No, he's looking good. He's looking good. We train hard over here. We train real hard over here. So you won't be getting tired out there. So, you know, I mean, that's a, that's one lesson you have to worry about. That's what's good about preparing yourself, you know, Mentally and physically, if, you, if you're fit, you know, that goes a long way. You know what I mean? That's one less thing you need to worry about. And, uh, you know, he's, again, we, we train really hard over here. So you can expect him to go all five rounds if it, if it goes that far. 
Awesome, brother. Alex, man, it has been fun watching your rise, man. I'm looking forward to this, dude. I'm, I'm happy that you got this big fight. So uh, definitely looking forward to it. I appreciate you taking the time, brother. No worries. I'm appreciate it. You got it, brother. We'll talk soon. Right, that was Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, listen, should be said, I guess, today, you know, we sit down on Thursday night to record this, as always. Today, uh, there was a press conference in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, Fernando Prachis was there. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week because when I spoke with uh, Volkanovsky about this, it seemed like um, Aldo was good. You know, he had this bacterial infection, which uh, or a viral infection, and, and I think he basically – uh, you know, Volkanovski said it was staff. I don't think Aldo has said that, but his description of it, it was like, I shot a takedown on the mat, my knee was scraped, and then my knee swole up. Like, yes, yeah, it sounds like staff, exactly what it was. Now, so Aldo today, though, literally today said, look, I'm not cleared yet. Um, I, I hope to be, I'm working to be, but I'm not cleared yet. So, so I, I don't know, I guess I just want to add that in because Alex, when we talked, was kind of blowing it off and saying, ah, you know, and, 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 and my questions were aimed that way because it's like, oh, were you scared because it seems like now it's on. Aldo is not saying I'm in yet, but it does sound – I haven't heard anybody say what it is yet, but it sounds a lot like staff, which if it's staff, they should be able to handle it. It should be good. It should be fine. And I also saw the report where uh, Hanatoi Mo- Moicano was right. jumping in the headlines going, yeah. hey, if Jose can't make it, I'll jump in there. Just saying. That, that, that wouldn't be a bad backup fight. Either way, great fight. I would kind of feel bad for uh, Volkanovski because yeah. – You're not getting the legend. I mean, you're getting a top – you're getting the number. You're getting the number in the rankings, right? But you're not getting the name. Yeah. And 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 again to uh, <laughs> to Hanato's point, he might be a better fighter right now for mm-hmm. all we know. But like you said, he just doesn't have that name value. So right. to be able to beat a guy named Jose Aldo, the King of Rio, who's to this day, if it wasn't for a man named Max Holloway, would still probably be the greatest. Yeah. And he still has that argument for yep. it. But either way, we're gonna get the fight. I'm with you. Where probably if it's just a staff or some kind of bacterial infection. They should be good to go in a couple months. I think months. so. It's a uh, boy. That, I, you make a great point, though, man. If Volkanovski, you're like, man, I I went to Rio and I beat Aldo. Like that's amazing. If you're like, I went to Rio and I beat Moicano. Yeah. Again, we we know Hanato might be the better fighter right now, but, but just, just doesn't have that. Just doesn't have that. You sound. know, dude. Imagine if Volkanovski goes out there and finishes Aldo out in Brazil. That's that's he can ask for a title shot. Absolutely. No one's gonna thumb their nose up at it Not at, at all. all. Not at all. All right. Uh, listen, uh, I, I shared some news earlier this week, and I just want to share it here if anybody didn't see it. I teased the announcing gig, but I will be uh, announcing for CFFC on UFC Fight Pass in May. Uh, me and CM Punk will be in the booth together, man. I'm excited. It's kind of my long-awaited return to uh, to, to, to broadcasting, the commentary. I, I used to do it quite a bit, uh, and I had to had to shy away from it a little bit. We we had some discussions at USA Today, and uh, there's some contractual concerns, but I think those have been addressed at this point. Um, it's just a one one shot deal for right now. We haven't signed anything long term, but um, but I'm excited to get back. And I'll be honest with you, man. I'm anxious to work with CM Punk, dude. I, I know that. A lot of people like to take shots at CM Punk, and I get it, man. Whatever, like haters are haters. I get it, dude. Um, I'll be honest. I have always liked the guy. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I I don't follow wrestling. I didn't know who he was when he signed to the UFC, but every interaction I ever had with him, man, I enjoyed talking to him. The dude is a professional. He, he's a cool. He's a cool guy. Um, he's he's. I just I, I like his attitude. I like his professionalism and. Uh, Dude, I, I'm excited to share the booth with him, man. I think it's going to be fun. 
Well, I'm going to say this. We have to cheers right now. Mm -hmm. You guys at home can't see it, but we're mm -hmm. going to do a little cheers to congratulate John mm. for that. That's badass. And, again, bringing, bringing the hardcore fans' perspective, <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't follow much of uh, wrestling before professional wrestling. To be able to see his journey, like I said, I followed Connor. I like to follow people through yep. their journey through fighting. If you're a fan of a good human being, that's a great guy. Mm -hmm. Like he may be 0-2 as a professional, but the guys try to compete at the highest level. What can you do? But again, such a nice guy. He's been working for what, four years now at yeah. MMA? That's respectable. Yep. And the human being himself, I'm looking forward to seeing both of you guys calling that shit. It's going to be a good time. I think it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. I think, you, I think you're getting sick now just sitting around me, man. I hear you coughing over there, that's so I apologize. That's just us being nasty, that's man. That's just <laughs> us being uh, nasally together. Listen, man, I think we're going to sneak down and maybe get a little steak real quick. Man, mm. the steakhouse here at Pachanga is legit, dude. I'm just telling you that right now. So uh, if you ever sneak out here for a fight, come on. Uh, I'm going to steak it. I think it's called the Oak Room or something like that. It's legit. So Steak and a cocktail, baby. Got to love it. All right. Uh, thanks, for everybody, for putting up with my voice, man. I apologize uh, for the cost that were going on in the background and all that. Uh, but uh, thank you for listening, and I uh, hope you well, – damn, I was supposed to end on that. Thank you for hearing my interviews. Hope they went good, and thanks for listening. 